Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by an old friend and a really bad TV show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. I got an old friend. I got an old friend. His name's Adam. I, uh, I met Adam when I was 14. Adam, I think, was 16 at the time. And we both randomly decided to join the wrestling team at my high school. I was a freshman. He was a junior. We had, we had no business joining the wrestling team. I had never wrestled before. I was a swimmer. I tried water polo for a season. I wasn't great at water polo. And I was, again, just not a wrestler. I was not like this short, stocky guy. I was tall, kind of lanky, doofy swimmer, right? And Adam was a musician. He had never wrestled before. Uh, he, he was not some, you know, dynamite, dynamite athlete. Again, he, he hadn't wrestled, and he was joining his junior year. He was giving it a shot. And it was a hellacious, hellacious season. So I lost, I think it was something like 18 pounds in two weeks, two, three weeks. I went from 168 to 150 almost instantaneously. It was unbelievable the hell our coach put us through this guy Paul Brown he was probably one of the best coaches I've ever had in my life he broke us into oblivion and then helped us back up and then broke us into oblivion again the whole time the whole time he was doing this by the way he was never derogatory he never put us down he never called us names he inspired us to the point where we wanted to we just we would have done anything for him and the more he asked, the more we did. We started the season with, I think, like 35 people, and we ended with eight. So eight, eight whopping people made it under a quarter of the, the initial number. And Adam and I were two of, those, two of those eight people. So we were friends in high school, very intense friends. And we were also in band together, which was cool. <laughs> I know band geek. Adam played guitar. And... And Adam and I are still friends. I was just texting with him just the other day, trying to uh, line up a time to, to see him because I'd, I'd like to see him. And I've been thinking a lot about, about friendships in general and why Adam and I are friends. Because when I look back on it, there were, there were other people on the wrestling team. You know, there were six other people that made it, made it to the end of that season. I'm not, you know, great friends with all of them. You know, the, there is one other guy that I'm still very close with, but not not as close to the other, with the others. And there were other people in band. You know, I played in band with, with a lot of people. We were in jazz band together and, and, you know, whatever. And then I've always, I've always tried to make friends. I've always, you know, I'm a very social guy. There was this one guy in, uh, in college that was just in one of my classes and I, I tried to hang out with him a bunch of times and it, it just never clicked, right? It was like, you know, what are we, what are we here doing? And recently I was watching a, uh, a TV show, Schitt's Creek. It's a fantastic TV show. I, I can't recommend it. I can't recommend it enough. And it's uh, quick synopsis is, uh, you know, you have this ultra rich, super wealthy, you know, billionaire family that gets swindled out of all their money. And they happen to have, you know, some foothold still in this podunk town in the middle of nowhere called Schitt's Creek. Okay. So they're living in this motel and it's terrible. And uh, they're, you know, Eugene Levy is the dad. And then his son uh, is <laughs> this like 40-year-old metro, totally fashion-oriented guy who just can't stand anything, right? He just like, can't handle the town. And that's, that's the whole comedy of the show. And he makes a friend with 
the woman who runs the front desk at the motel. Her name's Stevie. And I'm not going to I'm not going to ruin the whole show, but the point is at one point in the show, they they're kind of like at an inflection point with their relationship and he said, "Look, whatever has to happen so that I don't ruin this friendship is is absolutely important because you are my only friend and the only thing keeping me alive in this hellhole and I cannot afford to lose you. And she was like, okay. And I'm only, I think I just started season two, so I don't know how this plays out. You can kind of see, see where it's going. But when I saw that and I heard that, it, it really made me stop. I've been thinking about it for over a week. Just I can't stop thinking about it. It's kind of like he... He's in such a horrific situation and he has one friend and he'll do anything to keep that friend. And she likewise is actually kind of desperate too, you know, because she's this intelligent person working the front desk at a motel and she, the, the, uh, the horrendous nature of her situation is not lost on her. And she has this friend and, and this random dude from like New York. I've been thinking about that relationship and how it actually perfectly reflects my meaningful relationships. And I was thinking about Adam a lot. You know, why we're such great friends and why, why we still talk and why we still connect and why we still get each other. And I think it ultimately comes down to that for me, friendships that I make that are just, hey, I saw you at a coffee shop, we started chatting and, you know, we're friends. I have no problem with those people. You know, I have a lot of people that, that I, I would call friends that, that that's the relationship. Like we chat or we have mutual interests. And, you know, there are a lot of people in the, in the education debate that, that I've chatted with a lot and conversed with. And, and they're good people. But there's never been a relationship that was born outside of extreme adversity that could reach the level of Adam's. And I have friends that I do jujitsu with. I love these men. They're wonderful. And I, I would do anything for them. And same thing with Adam. But it's all because we have gone through such hellacious experiences together that the pressure cooker of life has, has really made me kind of just look left and right and see who's still standing there next to me and realize like, okay, this is your guy. This is your friend. You're, like you're going to need to lean on him. And when he needs to lean on somebody, you better be there because this is so hard. This is so horrific. It's so just unthinkable that you're going to need someone there. And, and it, it appears that the same thing happens for other people. The relationships, the friendships born out of true difficulty, out of grit, out of hardship, just the, the, the blast furnace of my daily experiences, those people I become real friends with. And the other friends are fine. Like, I'm still friends. I'm not going to say I'm not friends with people. But it's just so telling that the more we try to remove hardship and adversity from our lives the weirder things get for us, right? You, I have students right now who are, you know, displeased with their social lives and, and struggling with friend groups and struggling with this and struggling with that. 
And I just, I just want to look at them and say, listen to me, find the absolute hardest activity you can possibly tolerate. Whatever it is, it could be banned. It could be, it could be joining a wrestling team. It could be anything. I don't care. Make it impossibly hard and commit yourself, commit every fiber of your being to this thing. And when you're halfway through it, when you're a couple months in, when you're just barely able to stand up, look to your left and right. See who's still struggling to stand up with you. See who's standing by you. And recognize that that person could likely be one of your greatest friends for the rest of your life. But you're not going to find that person. You're not going to weed out the multitude of people that you come into contact with, that you experience online, that you just kind of are associates with. You're not going to weed out those people to find the real one or two true friends without putting yourself willingly through a horrific experience. I know it sounds so dark and crazy. It's like, why would you do that? Why would I do that? Because all the students I know, all the young people I know, that say they have best friends, true best friends that they would do anything with. It's like they've been swimming together for six years and would go to war with each other. They've been on a lacrosse team. They've, they've been in band. They, like they, they know that other person inside and out. They've seen that person stripped of all of their vanity and, and BS and mask. And they boil that person down. Excuse me. The experiences boil both of those people down so that they really are themselves. And that allows us to bond with each other. It allows us to see each other. It allows us to make meaningful, lasting friendships. It's really a paradox. Because we don't want hardship. We don't want to be in pain. We don't like the difficulties of life. We spend so much time trying to make our lives easier. But in making our lives easier... We're robbing ourselves of real life experiences and real relationships. Hardship is not for everyone and life is already hard. All right. I'm, I'm not saying your life isn't difficult, but what I am saying is if you find yourself struggling with relationships, if you find yourself lacking friendships, you need to find something that's hard for you and equally hard for other people. And you need to commit yourself to that thing. And I'm willing to bet out of that will blossom some real, meaningful, interpersonal interactions. You might be surprised. I'm Matt Todd. And this is the that drives me. Go out and crush it.